This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Eliza Harvey. It's Wednesday, the 27th of April. In your Squiz today, unpacking Elon Musk and Twitter. The WTA will stay out of China. Keeping an eye on inflation. And a daredevil stunt. This is your Squiz today. The news that billionaire Elon Musk bought Twitter broke just as we were putting the podcast out yesterday. Some quick work by you and Claire to get it in before publishing, Eliza. We're going to unpack it a little more this morning. So Musk paid $61.2 billion Australian dollars to unlock what he calls the tremendous potential of the platform. He's long been a prolific Twitter user, but it was a pretty quick path to owning the whole platform. Yeah, it's been unfolding at warp speed, it seems. Uh, So at the beginning of April, Musk bought a 9% stake in the company, which made him the biggest shareholder. And then things started to get a little weird about a week later when Twitter chief executive Parag Agrawal announced that Musk was set to join the board. But then Musk rejected that. And then it became clear that he was actually going to launch a hostile style takeover. Uh, The Twitter board was dead against that. They fought back pretty hard. But then Musk outlined to corporate regulators that he'd funded all through um, a combination of debt and equity financing. So $25.5 billion in debt and $21 billion in equity against his Tesla shareholding. Uh, Remember here that Musk is also the head of both Tesla, the electric car company, and SpaceX. So it was only a handful of days after Musk laid out those financing plans that the Twitter board unanimously approved the deal. All happened at warp speed, as you say. The next logical question is, what's next? We know he wants to make Twitter a place for free speech and to reduce moderation. But first things first, he's taking it private. Unpack that for us. Right. So he wants to take it off the stock market and call the shots directly. He reckons that's one way of promoting freer speech on the platform. Uh, And that's something that's been given the big tick from former chief executive Jack Dorsey. Dorsey tweeted yesterday that it's been owned by Wall Street and the ad model uh, and that this change of strategy from Musk is the right one. Uh, Investors seem to be on board too. Twitter's share price rose 5.7% yesterday. More broadly, Larissa, Uh, We don't exactly know what he's going to do next. Uh, He's been pretty vocal that he's buying the company because he wants to control the direction of debate in what he calls the digital version of the public square, you know, where ideas are bandied about. Um, The European Commission, though, is one that says that he must continue to protect users from harmful content because, of course, once you're talking about free speech, uh, that's great, but it can't come at the cost of other people's rights and protections. That is going to be a difficult balancing act. One thing is for sure it's going to be an interesting one to watch. The security deal between China and the Solomon Islands is done and signed. The big concern for Australia and our allies is of course the possibility of a Chinese military base being established in the Solomons. It's something that China says is not happening. No. A Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesman Wang Wenbing yesterday dismissed that speculation, saying the concerns were, quotes, completely fabricated by a few people with ulterior motives. And that's a nod to Australia and New Zealand and the US 
uh, and the concerns that have been voiced on their behalf about the you know implications of this security alliance in the Pacific. Uh, the Solomons, though, more broadly, it's continued to be a big election issue here. Yesterday, Labor pledged to increase foreign aid to the Pacific by $525 million over four years. And spokeswoman Penny Wong said that if Labor formed government, it would restore Australia's place as the first partner of choice for our Pacific family. Now, Foreign Minister Maurice Payne didn't like that. She said Australia is already the Pacific's security partner of choice and that we've given $2.7 billion to the region this year alone. It's probably not the last we'll hear of the Pacific situation in this election campaign because it is coming up so much. If you're wanting a bit more of a background to the deal between China and the Solomon Islands, have a listen to our Squiz Shortcut episode on the topic. I'll pop the link to it in your episode notes so you can find it by searching for Squiz Shortcuts in your podcasting app. The latest inflation figures will be released today. If economic talk isn't usually your jam, we're going to preload you with a bit of context about why everyone is watching these figures with interest. Take it away, Eliza. Yeah, well, it's all about interest rates, Larissa. So to unpack that a little bit more, the Reserve Bank likes inflation to sit somewhere between 2 to 3%. But analysts reckon today's numbers are going to show that inflation has risen about 4.6% over the last year. And that's off the back of big hikes in fuel, housing, and then your basics like fresh fruit and vegetables. So the best way to stop inflation galloping away is through raising interest rates. Now, we've even discussed it on the podcast. It's widely expected that interest rates will go up from the current base of 0.1% this year. But if these inflation numbers are big or bigger than expected today, it might put pressure on the RBA to lift rates when it meets next week. And of course, we're in the middle of an election campaign and raising interest rates during an election campaign can have an impact on the government's chances of re-election. So definitely one to watch. In sport now, the WTA, the governing body of women's tennis, has confirmed that they won't be holding any tournaments in China this year. Despite how much they'll lose in broadcast fees and sponsorship deals, they feel the issue with Chinese tennis star Peng Shui is still not resolved. No, and the WTA boss Steve Simon said the organisation hadn't had any recent communication with Peng. Uh, there were concerns for her well-being when she disappeared from public life after making sexual assault allegations against a senior Chinese official last year. Uh, now, she later retracted those claims, but the WTA says that Beijing hasn't done enough to actually probe those concerns and that they're still concerned about her well-being more broadly. Uh, now, that suspension will remain in place until a resolution is reached. What that resolution might look like, we still don't know right now. Um, but as you mentioned, it's going to cost hundreds of millions of dollars in broadcasting and sponsorship deals. And just while we're on tennis, Wimbledon has confirmed that unvaccinated players will be able to play the tournament, which means Novak Djokovic will be able to defend his title. The tournament will have no COVID measures in place at all. Now, as far as Daredevil stories go, this one is right up there. Pilots swapping planes mid-air. Eliza, it gives me the shivers just thinking about it. 
Yeah, I mean, what could possibly go wrong when you're trying to swap cockpits <laughs> at 14,000 feet? I can't even get my head around it, uh, you know, at the point that your planes are hurtling to the ground. Uh, but this was a stunt organised by energy drink giant Red Bull and it was live streamed. Um, it didn't go quite to plan, surprisingly. One pilot mm-hmm. missed his plane and had to pull his parachute. Uh, the other pilot managed to land the manoeuvre and safely land his plane. The good news here is that there were no passengers or spectators, so no one was actually injured during the stunt. Uh, But it's left safety regulators with quite a few questions about how it was all allowed to go ahead in the first place. (laughs) And I've got another question about why you would want to do it at all. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. But yes, they have big questions because they'd actually denied the request from organisers to do the stunt. They wouldn't give the exemption from federal aircraft safety regulations and you can really see why. Squiz the day, Eliza, what are you keeping an eye on today? Bridget McKenzie, the Minister for Emergency Management and National Recovery, is giving an address to the press club today in Canberra. Uh, so many Australians have been affected by floods this year and natural disaster, so it's going to be one to watch. Good one. For me, it's International Guide Dog Day, so good job to those very good doggos. It's also the anniversary of the patenting of the disposable nappy, a big one for parents for sure. Mm. We have, of course, got another Squiz the Election episode for you today. This one covers the big money questions, how election campaigns are funded, what the rules are around political donations. It's a real look into how the sausage is made. So if you've ever wondered, stay listening for that. And of course, if you have any questions about politics, the election, the process, the parties, the polls, whatever's on your mind, shoot it through to hello at thesquiz.com.au and we'll get to it in our Ask the Squiz podcast episode that comes out on Saturday. That's all from us. Have a good one. We'll be back with you tomorrow. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. Sometimes it can feel like retirement is a long way off, but whether it's two years or 20 years away, it's important to make sure your super fund is working for you. Aware Super is one of Australia's largest super funds and offers heaps of free tools and tips on its website for Aussies looking to get their super sorted and put a plan in place for their retirement. Read the PDS and TMD at aware.com.au.